Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. The first time that I remember that I met Acadius, we were in a dorm room at Howard our freshman year. And I had actually gone with someone else. It was like a date, double date night to watch movies. And uh, he came and his girlfriend wasn't there yet. And he was really talking really, really nice about her. And I was like, geez, I would love if I like dated a guy who talked that nice about me, even when I wasn't around. And so um, I'm not the type of person to be stealing somebody's man. So that that's not how this happened. But um, ultimately, several years it's later, <laughs> don't even, <laughs> that's not how it happened. That was our freshman year. And the summer between our junior and senior year, we started emailing each other um, back and forth while we were interning. And when we got back to school, we started dating. And then that December of 2004, he asked me to be his girlfriend. So it was a long drawn out process. On my way home, I finished up and uh, my buddy and I, we stopped in Tennessee and we stayed in her house on my way back to Texas. So that's when I asked her, yeah. Well, so actually we met, I met her at the gym softball and baseball, we shared the same practice gym. And we used to call her the uh, girl from Tennessee, the big booty. We used to call her, hair was done, but not really done. <laughs> That's what we used to say. It's done now, though. And yeah, hallelujah, <laughs> won't he do it? But um, I just always thought she was nice and cool. She um, she was, we were we were buddies, um, you know, freshman year and sophomore year. Uh, we ended up staying, I think, on the same floor on the opposite sides of the towers. And we were just cool. I would go in there and hang out with her and try to take food that I know that she wouldn't be eating. Hey, you don't need this, right? Oh, you know, you don't eat this. And, you know, she was always really cool. And uh, I think I, I kind of tried to talk to her then, but she told me I was too skinny. Yes, he was. And she was. So after sophomore year, we came back for junior year, and I was like, I'm going to go see what's up with Tam. I went by her dorm room, and uh, all the softball girls were in there and having a good time. And I was like, hey, come on in. We're hanging out. And I'd probably been there for a while, and I was getting ready to leave, and I saw a picture of her and this guy that that we both knew. <laughs> and I was like, it's your boyfriend? She goes, yeah. And I was like, ah, ah! And I just laughed myself out the room. Literally. Yeah. So, you know, but we still were buddies, and we were always cool. So um, we, I saw her on AOL Instant Messenger. We, I think you were a Southern Belle or a yes. T-Mama, one of the Southern Belle. Yes. One of the, whatever the old, yeah, old messenger was. And uh, she messaged me like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? I hit her like, oh, hey, how you doing? And she might have been like my first instant message from someone I knew. And she said, oh, I'm interning at Goldman. I was like, oh, really? I'm interning here in D.C. What's your email address? And we literally emailed every day the whole summer. And it wasn't like, hey, what you doing? Hey, boo. It was just, you know, casual, you know, friends emailing you know, what's your internship like? And we started talking about relationships and things we like. And, uh, you know, un- I guess unspeakable to us, we were forming a you know, relationship. Tamara's actually got all the emails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of them. And uh, we, I mean, I remember one day she missed work. I don't know what she had going on, but like I, I knew she wasn't at work because she had an email and I was concerned. And I called her like, hey, are you alive? And she's like, oh, I didn't get a chance. I didn't work there. We had an outing. So you started to realize you care about a person and their well-being, so. Got back to school. Was there ever a moment of, like, I don't know, awkwardness of essentially a thousand people know your boyfriend and vice versa? But... Yes, it was. In fact, it was when I was online. And uh, they did this. It was, we had a large line. And so they asked everybody, you know, who they were dating. And so they called out a name. And, you know, sometimes more than one person stood up. And so I was kind of nervous. I was like, I was very excited about my new relationship. And, um, you know, they got around to calling his name. And so when they said Acadius, I stood up and I was looking around like nobody else better stand up. Thankfully, no one did. That was, I think, probably the most intense microscope moment because 
you know, you were like all eyes on you. And so if someone else had stood up, I think it really did kind of indicate you don't have what you think you have. Aside from that, I don't think that college was too difficult to navigate because we, I mean, we were friends throughout college, but we didn't date seriously until he was off campus. I was looking for my wife. You know, I, I was kind of, I didn't want to leave Howard out my wife. You know, I, I wanted to be married. I thought I was going to be that person married at 25, you know, kids by 28, retired by 45, you know. But I was always looking for my wife, but it wasn't, that's necessarily how we started with the relationship. You know, it was just, it was cool. Tamara was cool. She was fun, you know, and she kind of was doing exciting things, interesting things that I admired about her. You know, Tamara's full of surprises. You, you know, you just never really know all the things that she's into, all the things she's doing. So we we progressed basically over the phone. And this is kind of pre-iPhone 5s and, you know, and, Skype, iPhone period, iPhone period yeah. <laughs> Skype, and you know, we text messages just started to become new and things like that. Social media hadn't really popped off, so we you know we spent a lot of time talking on the phone, falling asleep on the phone. And this is back when you had to pay for minutes, you know, <laughs> you know, free nights and weekends came along a little bit after we started dating and things like that. So, you know, a lot of talking on the phone and emails, and uh, we uh, net savers, net savers probably got yeah. us through our first two years or so. Uh, I was in Dallas, then I was in Memphis. And I was in New York. And she was in New York. And, uh, you know, catch a deal. Hey, babe, they got a $99 deal, uh, you know, each way. You know, and we would finagle them. We got really good at flying and, oh, and, and like, conning the airlines. and be like, well, y'all, I didn't know I couldn't leave a day early. I'm already here. Can y'all just let me get on? I'm like, babe, I got on. They let me get on. And, you know, and trying to get upgraded <laughs> first class and... And trying eat the to cookies and Yeah. So, you know, we just we just really made it work. We always were kind of like partners in crime, if you will, just always trying to, you know, see what we could do to always be together. So that worked out really well. And like as far as progression goes, um, after I got my promotion to move to Memphis, Tamara was we both were like studying to go to grad school and, you know, um, LSATs and you know, GMATs and all these other different things. And I had kind of talked to her, like, listen. If you go to Vanderbilt, you know, I'll try to go to Vanderbilt too. I'm already in Memphis. And she's from Nashville. She wasn't she wasn't necessarily feeling coming back home at first. So I prayed about it and I kept trying to encourage her to do so and sending her literature and bought her a t-shirt. And uh, ultimately, I think it ended up working out well for her. Um, and she decided to go to Vandy. I got a scholarship, went to Tennessee State. We were right there together. So that was like the first time since we had started dating, we were in the same place. So three years in. Yeah, like three years in. I think I'd always wanted to get married around the age of 25 because I really wanted to be married for about five years before I had children. And so I thought, oh, if I get married that time, then, you know, we have to get enough time before we start having a family. Um, and so when we started dating, I was, you know, very excited. I liked him a lot. He was funny. He, um he was very charis- or is very charismatic. And so um, at the time, I don't know that I was like, ooh, I need to, f- I, I don't think I was like, I need to leave Howard with the husband. Although I certainly was not, you know, going to turn it down, right? You know, we, we had really talked when we were over email about like what we wanted in, in a mate. And so um, I think that, that conversation really helped me to understand what it was that I was interested in. We didn't really have a conversation that said, you know, where is this going? But I think the intention was that this was something that we were hoping to be serious. And I, I won't forget, I had gone to visit him in Dallas and I came back to school. And one of the secretaries in the Department of Global Science at Howard was like, girl, you are glowing. You know, I didn't even realize, I think, how much I was just radiating like love at the time and just feeling so happy uh, in our relationship. So I was very pleased, but I wasn't at that point when we started dating pressuring or trying to, you know, influence the direction more quickly, I think, than just kind of letting it unfold. I would say that the distance was probably, in hindsight, a good thing, particularly once we were out of college and I had started my job and, you know, I needed to be able to focus as in love as I was. I didn't need him to be at home because I would have been trying to leave work and like probably go and make a meal or something like that. So I think the distance was actually very healthy because it allowed me to really focus on my job, which was something that I needed to be focused on at the time. 
And then it also gave me that sense of companionship because I could talk to him and know that he was expecting my call and know that he was going to call me. And during the course of conversation, we really had an opportunity. We were forced to talk. You know, you can date and go to movies and you can do so many things that really don't require dialogue and getting to know someone. But I think the distance was very helpful because we were able to, you know, really talk about everything probably twice. So it really helped us to know who each other were, uh, was and what we wanted out of, you know, life and out of different situations. I think the distance became hard the third go around as far as distance wise, because we were long distance initially and we were together in the same place. And then we would spend our summers apart with internships and things like that. But after we finished grad school, I was in New York. She was here. And that was about maybe a little bit over a year. It started to get a little bit harder then because it was more difficult to get from upstate New York to here. And we had got comfortable with being around each other and our things and our stuff. And it was like, okay, we got to figure out how to get to be in the same place for real this time. So before that, you could probably go about three weeks. And then it was like, all right, he's hopping a plane. Yeah. Jesus, the Lord just blessed me with the opportunity to, mm-hmm. um, I got a promotion and they allowed me to work from home and I was based out of Raleigh, which is like two and a half hours from here. And, you know, I saved Jesus because it wasn't, Charlotte wasn't on our, on our radar at all. Uh, this wasn't one of the places we were looking, we were living in we school. We were thinking, you know, Texas and, you know, we even thought about L.A. for a little bit. We went out there for a time, had an opportunity possibly to go out there. And somehow Charlotte came about. So it really worked itself out. I think probably we started talking about it a little bit more. But he's right. He was in school and it was like the market was bad. So jobs were not easy to come by at the time. And so on the one hand, I think my timeline and my desires, because I loved him, were saying like, what's going on on the other hand i was like i don't know what this is going to how this is going to work if you know you don't have employment and we get married so i think it was kind of like your heart versus your head kind of like you know he actually is making sense i didn't feel like he was putting me off so ultimately i don't think that that became an issue we never got to the point where it was like ultimatums or anything like that we were literally in the grass for four years you know, but we and we got engaged like right after year two. At the beginning of year two. Yeah. Well, I think no, it's uh, two thousand nine. We started two thousand seven. Okay, you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is not. <laughs> oh, girl. Oh. And that, but see, that was five years into our relationship, though. Yeah. That was a long time. Yeah. You know, at least back in the day, like five years. Now we're eleven years in. I've been with her a third of my life. A Best third. Of his life ever. A third. I bought a ring first. Uh, I saved my money and I bought a <laughs> ring. Like, you know, so, I say that because, you know, it's like literally I had to save money and like spend a significant amount of money on someone else for something that wasn't going to gain any kind of value, any kind of, you know, because that could have been a mutual fund. With that being said, um, I reached out to her, some of her close line sisters, you know, some, you know, the ones who had, who, who were familiar kind of with, you know, the ins and out of our relationship. And I said, hey, I want to propose a Tam. I want to kind of throw her a surprise party and propose at the surprise party. And how old would you turn in? 27, 28? 27. Oh, no. Maybe 27. Okay. I can't remember. I was trying to hype it up to be some... A little behind my timeline. Yeah, yeah. I was, trying to make, I was trying to hype it up to be some kind of, you know, special birthday, which it wasn't a special number or anything like that. And uh, so I got with them and we organized it all. I had her friends kind of come down and all these other things. I had my buddies come in town and playing like a, you know, we could have a spa day for you and your girls, babe, and all this other stuff. We got a little party. Actually, that was a surprise. I didn't know that. What was it a surprise? Yeah. Yeah, what's you a, didn't tell me that. Okay. Well, that was a surprise. So I told us throwing a party. Birthday party. It was a little bit, a little late. Yeah, it was a little late. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, her birthday party was a little late. Anyway. No, because I was I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm not giving you a hard time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they helped me plan it all out. And, you know, we got invitations and things like that. The invitations are really cute. Obviously, I did not get one. But when I saw them, I was like, I cannot believe he did that. I'm so sweet. So I wanted to propose earlier, but I was one of those people like, you know, 
gotta have your job straight, gotta have this straight, you know, one of those, you know, my whole thing, I feel like we couldn't get married I had benefits. You, know, you can't marry somebody and they get sick, you know, you can't take care of them. You gotta go call their daddy, hey, can you help me give me some money to take care of your daughter? So with that being said, once I felt like I was in a place where I could do it, I, you know, put it together and had her come over there and it was kind of funny. And this is actually the funny part of it. I had all the people there and I had like this little box and I was like, listen, babe, you know, I really love you. And I really think it's time that we should take our relationship to the next level. And I didn't get on one knee, but I pulled out a ring box and then she was like, oh my gosh, she got all excited. And uh, I gave her the box and she opened it up and it was a key to my apartment. Yeah, I was, <laughs> it wasn't funny. <laughs> she was, I'm back pretty pissed off. She like, literally like kind of like threw it up in the air. She caught it though. She like snatched it out of the I air. Did. And she kind of turned around. I was like, yeah, babe, you know, I think we're there now. I really think that it's, you know. I was very upset. <laughs> she was heated. Like it wasn't that. And then by when she turned around, I was on one knee and I had a, a real ring for her. So, you know, it was cool. But I'm, I'm a practical joker. We actually have a history of, of practical jokes. We used to yeah. have really intense April Fool's. April Fool's. It got me, it, it would be real serious. It got pretty crazy there until the last one. And then that was it. <laughs> How are y'all able to have your practical jokes and that not get to you? Because those are, well, that's why we had to stop them. <laughs> well, that is exactly why we had to stop them. But we had some really good ones before we had to stop them. Yeah. The I best had... one, I think, was mine. When The year before. Yes. The year before the final. It was the best. Yeah, but then I had so... the trouble. Mm. <laughs> uh, gotcha. You don't really win if it ends the thing. <laughs> that, that's not a win. <laughs> Now that's not <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> no. so we basically started up. Uh, it started in 05. I was in Texas and she was in school and she came me with this. She hit me with crying and the professor said that I didn't turn in some senior project and I'm not gonna walk and I'm going Goldman said that I'm keep I don't graduate, I can't have my job and I'm like, baby, we're gonna figure this out, baby, we're gonna figure it out. I'm running all over and I'm I'm Googling stuff and trying to like <laughs> write a paper and trying to help her. I'm calling up to the school. I need to talk to this professor. Yeah, they messing with my girlfriend. They don't know who I am. I come up there and I burn this and all this and other. You know, you know, you know I'm extra ignorant anyway, especially about my girl. And uh and she got me all hype and I had, you know, I had my boy there and we all trying to problem solve and stuff. Simple, simple Negroes trying to figure out problems and stuff. And uh and then she was like, oh April Fools. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I would have thought he would have known. Like, I'm not. not Which gonna, I'm not that's what that's what was so bizarre about it because it was like this is so, <laughs> unca- so not like it was so <laughs> uncharacteristic. So it pretty much tried to kind of trade it off every other year, and I think I got her back the next year, and then she got me in 07, and I got her in 08, and then she got me good in 09. <laughs> um, so Acadia's, we we didn't live together, but. He lived a little bit closer to the law school than I did. So I was going over there the, I guess it was like the night of um, April, like of April 1st. So it was like almost the day was over. So I needed to get buzzed in because I didn't have a key. I I called him and saying I was there. So I had my bag with my like law school books in it. And I think I had like a mug or something to drink. And so... What I did is after I called him, I kind of like threw my bag down and like had the books coming out of it. And I like left a shoe and- um, All her stuff was all I, It looked like out a struggle, like somebody had got desk. me. Yeah, and, and then I hit. And I lived like in this kind of like a- in this like And a, he lived downtown and at the time it was not like the nicest part of town. So I was like- It's okay. right across from like the state capitol, but it was, it, it was like a high rise and may have been built in like the 50s or 60s. It was like the first big high rise, and now it's not. And a lot of vagrants and like random folks live near there. I think they like were helping homeless people. Yeah, and let them live there right. too. At any rate, it was it the was, old popular part yeah, of downtown. It was so believable. Not no more. It was totally oh, believable. Oh, it was beyond believable. So I come downstairs, and the reason why she didn't have a key is because like you only can get one one fop to get in the door because it's very secure because of kind of the location. Basically, who lives, old people, people send their parents to live in my building. My building was like me, a couple other grad students, and everybody that was 102, right? And so it's really secure. So I go downstairs and like, I see like her bag, I see her shoe, and like, she calls and it's like, I'm like, baby, baby, where are you? Where are you? So like, I go to my car and I grab my bat like out of my car 
And I'm, I see, I'm picking up a shoe and a book and creme law and torts and all this other stuff. And then I see like this random guy. He looks to be homeless or just a random vagrant, like coming from behind this dumpster, like kind of adjusting his pants. And I'm about to go Barry Bonds this guy. <laughs> I mean, literally about, it's about to be some real apocalyptic type slaughter going on here. And I'm, I'm all, you know, I'm messed up. And then she comes, Hey, beautiful. I'm like, baby, 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 baby. Where you at, baby? He definitely was walking around the streets like that. Tamara! With a baseball bat. Tamara! You know, just random. She goes, <laughs> hey, Rufus. Because I was so worried that somebody had, like, you know, kidnapped her. I mean, her books and all her clothes. I mean, it was good. I mean, listen, <laughs> she had set up a proper scene. I was messed up. And all these things are flowing through my mind. Like, this guy almost died. Right, <laughs> I was heated, and I and I was so busy with you know because I, I think that's like my first semester of the PhD program. I was so busy with like reading and notes and whatever stuff I had going on. I didn't even know what day it was. Like it literally slipped my mind. It was April Fools, and we do this every year. We do this every year. You should have been prepared. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't even really be mad because it was April Fools. It was good. I was hot. I, I, I planned. Give me my respect. I planned for three hundred and sixty-four <laughs> days. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Yeah. You tell. Yeah. I think you deserve that key. Thank you. <laughs> so she got. No, 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 no. I mean, later that. Yes, later that year. Yes. No, no, no. I'm going to have to say, take back my thank you. Yeah. See? <laughs> so. Oh, I'm with you. Thank you. Thank you. So, um. You almost got a man killed. I mean, <laughs> no, listen. I, I, oh, my. If she had not popped out. Yeah. Like, literally, it was manslaughter. Straight up. And I know these things because I was there when she was studying for law school. So, I already kind of knew what my crime and punishment was. It was just like, it's just about to happen right now. So, it's Tennessee. I think I can get tenant, you know, temporary insanity or something like that. Probably do 10 years. But he's going to die. And she goes, ha ha, April Fool. So, I was really heated after that. Um, so fast forward 2010. Um, I wasn't living in downtown anymore. Wait, are you going to tell them the story? That or you didn't? No. Or you want to tell them? I should. You can start it up. Now, like I said, I compartmentalized that and tried to forget it. Okay. So, March has what, 31 days? Yeah. Whatever the last day of March was, that's when it all, the route started. So, um... <laughs> Totally I, breaking the rules, right? Because it's April Fool's, April 1st, not April 31st and April 1st. Go ahead. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I set it up that we we that we, uh, that we need to go do some grocery shopping. She lives on the other side of town. And typically how we would do is because I always kind of live a little closer to law school. Like I would buy more food at my place. I cook, you know, she'd come over and eat, study there or whatever. I'd go to the library and bring food, stuff like that. So um, I said, hey, babe, uh, you want to go to Walmart? I'm about to go do some shopping. You want to come with me? Let's go do the Walmart shopping. And then I made it seem like that whatever issue was, we needed to take her car and she needed to drive. By this time, we were engaged and we were heading to Walmart from my place. And, you know, I may live maybe, you know, four real country miles. So you from Texas, you know, about four miles away. So it wasn't quite around the corner, but it was a little maybe down the street. So we're in the car. It's probably about nine. Right, and I'm right, right before sun went down. I'm like, oh, babe, I'm so excited about us getting married. You know, she's driving. I was like, you know, this is just a really exciting time for us. I'm really excited about, you know, like my first, you know, real marriage. Now, to preface this, at the time, they had been studying annulments and marriages. So when I I picked up on that, and this just kind of happened, it's all quite temporal. And uh, I went when she was sleeping one night, and I read all through the whole section about annulments and marriages and divorces and how they would work. And I can't remember all the details of it, but basically the annulments, basically the, the, the wording was like, as if the event actually never took place, right? And that's like that's like the wording that's in the text or something like that. And that's key because I kept emphasizing that. And I was like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like my first, like, you know, real marriage. And she's like, what do you mean, real marriage? And I just kind of, kind of looked over. She, I was like, uh, you know, I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, this is it, for me and you. It's real. It's, it's, it's real this time. She's like, what do you mean this time? I was like, you know. She's like, no, I don't know. I was like, oh, never mind. So then she goes, well, did you get married before? And I was like, technically, no. It's as if it never really happened because we got it annulled. She's like, what do you mean you got it annulled? I was like, well, an, an annulment is. X, Y, Z, and I like quoted it verbatim. She's like, I know what an annulment is. 
but what do you mean you got married? I was like, no, I really wasn't married because, so then her whole mind just started to, to take over and she was like, well, why did you get married? And I was like, well, there was this situation. And she goes, she goes, and she, and she just started taking over. She goes, well, was she, was she pregnant? And I was like, uh, oh my gosh, you have a kid? And I was like, no, no, there was no kid. There was no kid. So she got an abortion? I was like, uh, 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 uh. I was like, listen, babe, it it was annulled, right? It, it's as if it never happened, like it didn't happen. Like this is my first marriage, I'm marrying you. And this is all the way to Walmart. So now we're at Walmart, she's like, her mind is going, she's in throughout all types of scenarios. And I never, you know, agreed or denied with any, I was like, you know, babe, babe, it's, not, it's you're the one, you're the one. She's getting, every time I say that, she's getting hot. She's getting hot. So we go into Walmart, like she hits me with a basket, like she's mad, she's throwing stuff. She's hot. She's really, really hot now. So now it's closer to about 10, 30 or so. And um, we get ready to get back in the car. And she's so mad, she leaves. She just leaves me at Walmart. So, <laughs> and I'm cracking up laughing. So when she comes back to look at me, I've taken off. Like I took off He's running gone. Yeah, towards the interstate. Like I was like, I could not find him. She could not find me. So. You know, once she got. So then I found him like three quarters of a mile away from the Walmart walking towards the interstate. And I was like, you just gonna walk him. And it was cold. You know what I'm saying? Like Nashville in March, April is chilly, you know? So. And I get in the car and I'm like, baby, I I thought you loved me and you just gonna abandon me like this. And I was like, I told you it's like it never really happened, you know? And, you know, and I kept emphasizing that and that would just get her steamed. And she was just hot. She was like, get to my place. And she's like, you know, we're starting to pack her stuff up. And she's upset. She's crying. You know, she hadn't started to cry, but she's just so, so angry. And it's then it turns out to be like right at midnight. And, I, and she was like, you better be April fooling me or something. And I was like, ha ha ha, gotcha. April fools. And <clears throat> look at she hot now. They said you really. This is I'm doing good things for you right now, but whatever. With that being said, you not me. I had 364 days. So. And how many days have you had? Because we ain't done that mess them up. Well, she was trying. To, she was trying to be strong though. She was trying to be strong because she was driving and she was. But the problem is, I just sounded like a, such an idiot the whole time I was explaining it. Because see, what had happened was we thought that we was in love. And, but then, I mean, I realized that she would, I was just making up random stuff and her mind was just making up these other scenarios. And I kept thinking, oh, that's juicy. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> happened. Yep, and, yep, and then that happened too. It can be a dark world sometimes. Don't be afraid to be a source of light. It can be dark world sometimes but don't be afraid to be a source of light peace good people i'm kariga bailey and i'm felicia ganglop bailey and you might know us from our episode of black love doc but that was only part of our story yes as newly empowered angel parents we found that there's been this radical tenderness and gentleness afforded us concerning our grief mm-hmm. and it's been unlike anything we've seen or experienced in our work surrounding social justice and gun violence in our communities now this work has really shown us and taught us that grief is love and although we acknowledge that grief is tremendously complex and difficult to experience we also believe grief is sacred And that's why Felicia and I decided to start the Soul Affirmations podcast. Yes, every week on Soul Affirmations, we will be holding space for those who are navigating grief and helping folks to remember their goodness. So join us every week for the Soul Affirmations podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, pull up on us. We look forward to building community with y'all. Peace. So uh, it was all kind of, we got engaged, and but we hadn't kind of figured out the whole what we we're going to be with grad school and work situation. Um, so in 2000, beginning 2011, I got a doctoral co-op from IBM, moved me to New York. Then she had already signed with Bank of America. So in May, she moved here to Charlotte. And the next, over the next, I guess, 
you know, six, 18 months or so, it was kind of like figuring out how to get back to Charlotte. So once I got my job to promotion to come here, I probably pretty much moved here maybe May-ish of 2012. And uh, that had been the first time ever that we had ever kind of like actually lived together. And we, but we never had really settled on a date because we didn't know where we were going to be in the job situation, what we are going to do. And, you know, I'm one of those types that if, if I used to be like, if things aren't perfectly in place, I don't like to plan. I don't like to get people all involved. We had started to kind of try to set a date beforehand, but then we couldn't find the proper locations and budgets. And neither one of us really wanted to spend a whole lot on the wedding, but we did want to spend a lot on the wedding. And we kept looking at all these places and they wanted 10 grand. So we just, we just started to focus back on school. That's how I remember it. I see that face you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had um, dreams of a big wedding. And I picked our date for 9 to 11. That's not the date we got married. But it never was going to be a short engagement because I was in law school and I needed to get out of school. And so 9 to 11 was actually right after, shortly after graduation. But um, it just so happened, like, I think that I was looking for like an overall experience, like, oh, I'm going to like go look at venues and my mom is going to go and be like amazed and it's going to be like a movie. And my mom was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in doing that, Um, but I want you to be happy, you know? And so my parents are divorced and that kind of had an element in it as well. And, you know, I have very expensive taste and they like, looking at each other like, who's going to pay for this? you going to pay for this? I'm going to pay, you know? So it started to be a thing that wasn't, you know, like the sparkly, you know, beautiful, exciting that I had had in mind. And so over time, you know, it, time continues, we're engaged, the you know, clock is turning, the calendar is turning. During the course of this, I finished law school, moved to Charlotte. He's in New York and he moved here. And so then um, our families are like, hey, y'all were raised not to be shagging. So that kind of, I think, was this bird to like, Tamara, like snap out of this. More than anything, what I wanted, and I think I had to do a lot of self-talk. In fact, I still do a lot of self-talk because sometimes I'm like, should I plan a wedding now? You know, like, you know, so that I can have that moment. But um Ultimately, I had to tell myself more than anything, I wanted to have a successful marriage, not a pretty, I mean, I bought a wedding gown. I ended up not wearing it because we had a very small ceremony, which was beautiful with, you know, our parents there and my uh, godfather married us uh, in the church that I'd always said I wanted to be married in. So I was able to bring in a lot of elements that I think were meaningful to me, but we didn't have the, you know, 55 of my line sisters and 25 of my, you know, best, best friends and 500 guests with a big party at the end. Um, it was much more about, you know, us. And it, it turned out to be beautiful. And I can appreciate that for what it is. And more than anything, you know, the marriage that we have now. You know, our parents, I think, were like, y'all not supposed to be shacking. And so within about probably two and a half months, we got married. <laughs> Matt, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, to talk to my dad. Yeah. So yeah. that's how we went from, like, big wedding to... Hey, we get married next week. Right. We actually got married on Thursday. So it wasn't even like, hey, y'all, like flying. It was like, yeah, you just need to go on and hit take off and then meet us at three o'clock at the church. Yeah. Because I didn't want to do like a justice of the peace because as a lawyer, I'm like, that's so workish, you know, like I want to be before God. So. And it, and it worked that well. It did. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Like my, my mom, my, uh, my dad, my little sister, my mom dad the grandmother grandmother her dad's wife your godmother yeah i think that was it yeah and the pastor of the, the pastor, church yeah. that we had attended most recently in nashville and the photographer and the photographer <laughs> gotta have that yeah and uh, i had yeah, yeah okay <laughs> yeah we got some good photos it was good it was good it was um I was happy kind of the way it ended up happening because I think it took a lot of the anxiety out of it. Because once I got to Charlotte, we started to think about, okay, well, I guess we'll get married next summer and we'll have time to plan all these other different things like that. And that's just not really how we had ever pictured it. And, you know, I said, well, hey, babe, we're getting married. She's like, what? Yeah, like, we're getting married next month. She's like, what? Like, yeah, so we need to, we got to figure that out. And we both were kind of just went along with it, you know, even though I kind of, you know, proposed it. We both went along with it, and I don't think we regretted it. No, 
I mean, I, I wouldn't mind having a party and everybody being like, oh, hey, look at Tiara. We got, we got budget for it. We got budget <laughs> but, for it. But, you know, I think it's a little bit unnecessary at this yeah. point. So. But it was at, like, Tennessee State's homecoming. So. We did have fun at homecoming. Yeah, yeah. so we kind of, like, lumped it all into the whole weekend. And it was interesting to announce to people that we were married. You know, we got to kind of own that. So that was fun. Yeah. I think the wedding really impacted me because I really had like it 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 kind of got me. And it and the thing is it gets you more I mean, people get married all the time. And so you you sit around tables and people talk about their weddings and everybody's like, you know, did whatever it was that they kind of or at least as they articulated, it sounds like it's that dream that they had. And so I think having to come to face with the fact that like what we did was beautiful, but it wasn't what my first, you know, desire was having to like remember that over and over and over again. Like, you know, I th- we've had to have conversations because sometimes people will be talking about our, their weddings and Acadia's chips like starts talking about ours. And I will excuse myself because I will get emotional. Like that is not what I wanted, you know, but I try and continue to tell myself I would much rather be the girl that had a smaller wedding that was beautiful with the people who really mattered there than had a big thing and be divorced and not with my husband. So it's a lot of self-talk, <laughs> but, um, you know, and I think that's difficult for him because he's very, you know, like he's totally fine with it. You know, he was talking about having a Skype wedding, which I thought was ridiculous and never would have happened. But, you know, he, I think it's just, I don't know. Well, I mean, I got, I, I, I do feel for her because I really want her to have her wedding and we got budget right now. <laughs> Sitting in a mutual fund. Our wedding, the money from my wedding is sitting in a mutual fund, gaining some really good interest right now, like 7%. So, you know, <laughs> I, we have a great financial manager. So I told her we could we could have this party whenever she wanted the reception, things like that. Um, it wasn't my idea, too, because I always, I, I always envisioned a big wedding. Like, I really wanted my friends and stuff to be there. I wanted to have a best man and all these other different things. I think where I got concerned was that I didn't want to keep prolonging yeah. this stage we were in our relationship trying to wait for something to be perfect because our biggest thing was we both wanted something that was going to be perfect because I mean I had already asked my groomsmen and everything like that my boys were really upset they couldn't throw me a bachelor's party I didn't have those things we didn't get wedding gifts we still didn't get wedding gifts you know <laughs> so it's not that I that I you know just I'm happy with it I'm happy I'm married to her. You know, yeah, I'm happy that, that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm happy I'm married to her. I'm happy because my anxiety was over. Okay, we're really going to make this thing happen. And I think that planning a wedding started to kind of take away from the whole aspect of us being really married. And we started that. spending a lot of our attention on Because we, we were in all these wedding contests and all these venues. We did yeah. one contest and we created like 3,000 email addresses yeah. because you had to vote. It had to be unique email we addresses. invested in ourselves. Like, I'll never be able to create another email address. <laughs> like, I've used all my good names. <laughs> I've used some of your names while you laughing. <laughs> you got about 30 email addresses. We done made your name. But with that being said, it was just like, I had to kind of get to, like, what was important, you know, us being married and, and like, really honoring God with our relationship. Because yeah, he's the one to put us together. And I felt as though we were kind of taking that for granted. Like, oh, God... I prayed that the Lord blessed me with my wife, right? I didn't know it was going to be Tamara, but then it was Tamara. Then he blessed me with her. And I'm kind of just, for lack of a term, prostituting her out here. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of drag. You know, I'm talking prostituting the relationship, not you. Not That's you. not use that word. Like I, I even tried to preface it with, sorry for not a better term, whatever. Anyway, I just, I was, I was, I don't feel like I was taking proper, I wasn't, I wasn't handling the situation the way I was. I think the challenge time for me throughout the relationship was probably between 2009 to the time we got married because, you know, I finished my MBA program and I started a PhD program. I just thought naturally I was going to get this great job. And but then, you know, the job offers that I had, they were either really far away. It wasn't one of those things I could kind of pick it. So in my mind, we were going to get married in 2000 you know, 10 or 2011 at the latest. Now, you know, kind of up and down. PhD program sucked. You know, last two years of law school were kind of stressful for both of us from, you know, just trying to figure out where we're going to be and then job hunting and all these other different things. And then when I got a job, it was great, but it was, in, you know, in New York. So it's like, you know, we're doing really well, but now we're distant again. So it was just stressful for me because, I mean, I didn't want to have, 
I didn't want us to be out there like that, if you will. You know, I'm in I'm in one place, she's another place. Like, when are we going to make this thing official? And a long engagement really starts to suck after a while because then people are like, when's the date? I go to a Bible study now, right? I go to this men's Bible study every Saturday morning. It's mostly all, it's all black men. They're all between, most of them are mid to late, you know, mid-30s to early 40s. And uh, but we're all married black men. And the, kind of the whole course of it is, it's like, what are you doing to be a better husband? That's kind of the whole, you know, premise of it all. That's not, you know, okay, yeah, wife did this, wife did that. Yes, they all do these things. But like, what are you doing to de-escalate the situations? You know, you may have your opinions on how you feel about it. You may be right. Regardless, if it gets out of hand, it's kind of your fault. You know, it's kind of your responsibility to kind of de-escalate the situation. So I think I've been trying to work on better, you know, even though I may have a point to make and she's not getting my point, not letting us, that letting that get us to a point where now we're not talking for a whole day or two days and all these other different things. Because we fight fair for the most part. You know, we don't, I hate you this, I hate you that, your mama this, your mama that. <laughs> we don't We don't really have those kind of things, but we will get under each other's skin. You know, I can definitely be very passive and, you know, I can, well, then whatever. <laughs> He's an asshole. Well, yeah, I, for, sure, for sure. Absolutely. Like, that's, and it's easy. It's easy to get that way, right? But, you know, being kids who, who both our parents have, you know, been divorced and, you know, some of my parents have been remarried and remarried and remarried and all these other different things, it, it's, you can gravitate to some of those negative things that you may have experienced. But then I try to pick up on some of those positive things that we learned from them as well. And also to, you know, really looking at, you know, I love you. So, you know, do I really want you mad? Do I really want you to cry? No, you don't get it. And yes, I am right. However, you know what? I can still go tell you I'm sorry for whatever. You know, I'm sorry that 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 we're even at this place right now. And, you know, as much as I feel like I'm right, maybe you have a point. Probably not. But am I going to let that ruin our day and our weekend? No. You know what, baby? You are right. You are right. You are, yes, you can boil eggs without water. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's yeah. Yeah. It's not an actual example. Yeah, but whatever. So that's kind of the thing about it. Because again, I I chose her, right? Um, I made a commitment to her. And, you know, somebody's got to be the bigger man. Not saying she doesn't ever take that role or anything like that, but I think it's kind of more of my responsibility to be an active participant in that and not to let it get to a place of where we can't, you know, reconcile anything. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing with me, trying to take that active role. Um Another thing is just trying to, trying to keep, you know, trying to be extra loving, trying to keep all the spice there. We know we're, we're very used to each other now. We know each other well. We cuddle naturally, you know. You know, we we do all these things. We've been doing it for so long. But trying to make sure that I'm still fun to her, I'm still trying to surprise her. You know, now that we've been married, I feel like we definitely settled in a whole lot more to each other. And it's not saying we have routine, but it's like, hey, babe, hey, babe, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, cool. You know, and we done we done decided about the business, the kids, the dog, life, whatever else, and you know, four or five words. So still trying to, you know, still trying to keep it make it exciting and interesting and try to surprise. So trying to actively work on that. So it rears its ugly head just when you're thinking, I'm having a rational conversation with you. And then it's like asshole. Like Really, you know, so um, I think that that that's definitely part of his personality and and he's fun and funny and, you know, entertaining and fun to be around. So I can't like kind of select that and cross it out and toss it out because that changes who he is. But I don't know if I'll ever accept it, frankly, because it's it's not it never happens at a time that is convenient, you know, mm, convenient to you. Right, of course to me. <laughs> you know, it's never convenient. And it always makes me incredibly frustrated. But I think I just tend to just like shut it down and just, you know, let me just separate myself from this right now. Because once we've re- reached asshole, I, there's really no moving past it. He's here. I'm hoping the Bible study works on that. Okay. Yes. We all need to talk about that next week. Listen, we're going to get you in the Bible study. Did you know this is an asshole? Not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I would say it's probably um, giving him 
more attention, right? I didn't realize that. I think that if we're sitting on the couch, chilling together, like spending time together, but for him, I think it's more like concentrated focused time. And so once he was able to articulate that and I realized that I have not like flipped a switch and all of a sudden, like, it's you and me, you know, it's not like that. Right. But it's trying to be more conscious of the fact that maybe we were sitting on the couch together. Maybe we were talking and having a conversation, but maybe we actually should put down the cell phone, turn off the TV and really engage with one another a bit more. Uh, I also think it's, you know, you have patience when you're at work. You know, you're not going to pop off on your boss if they don't understand you or something like that. And so I think it's also trying to bring that patience and benefit of the doubt into your relationship because you will go above and beyond for people outside of your marriage, you know, to be like courteous and yeah, nice. Talk, talk to me like you talk to your boss. Hey, hey, how are you doing, Marge? Oh, great. So thank you. We don't need voices. Um, but yeah, so I think it's it's doing that too. And then also trying to not ex- like assume the worst, right? Like Katie is, says things that to him are jokes, but to me are can be offensive. This is one I'm still working on. And so it's really trying to take the lighthearted side of it as opposed to being like, what did you just say to me? Like, that is unacceptable, you know? And I'm still working on that. So I, I would say it's those things because I think on the one hand, you know, the spending time I think is clear as to what it does for him, but it's also staying out of that zone of like just hostility or tension where it's like, why do I have to be upset just because he said something, you know, it's kind of like a text message, right? Like you read it and you assume the inflection that's it's said with. He's a lot, can be like that a lot with some of the things that he says. It's like, is that a joke or are you for real? And so I'm going to try and take the joke route so that I can be happier. With- and and that's, that's one thing I definitely say that creeps into our relationship. We grew up differently as far as Very how people interact within the house. I live in a very in your. I grew up in a very in your face, candid household where folks say anything to you, and when you, you just don't really you don't really internalize any of it. Yeah, okay, your mama talking to your mama, you know. Yeah, we don't. And they, they, they That's yeah, in, in te- no, they didn't grow up like that at all. So not I'll at all. I'll say some stuff, and it sounds straight up South Oak Cliff to her, and she'd be like, "I just can't believe you said that to me." And I'll look at her like, "What do you mean? Are you offended?" Yes. Really. Um, and, you know, you hurt my feelings. How did that hurt your feelings? Your head is big. You know, or, or you know, and I, I used to have to, like, we we're talking about clothes. And she'd be like, so what do you think about this? I'm like, that's ugly. And I had to learn, like, yo, you cannot say that it's ugly. Now, where I grew up, no, nah, I take that out. That's ugly. But there was no problem with that. However, you know, communicating with my wife, you can't say those type of things. And I have to, I have to actively work to remember that. I'd be like, no, that looks stupid cannot say stuff like that. Like, that is completely inappropriate in this household. But it flies right off my tongue. And, like, I'll have to come back, like, hey, babe, when I, went, when I said that was stupid and ugly, I really mean I didn't like it. But you're not stupid or ugly. You're beautiful. So, you know, that's part of it. See, I don't really subscribe to that because I think, because that sounds like the sandwich method to me, which I think is bullshit. Yes. Yes. It's the sandwich method. I hate the sandwich. the sandwich method is total bullshit. Okay. But I have to sandwich. No, you don't. You don't have to sandwich, but you need to tell the truth. And you need to tell the truth in a way that's not hurtful. Baby, you have cuter things. Yes. Accomplishes the same thing. I'm going to take it off, you know, and I'll even ask you, do you have anything that you suggest that I wear? You know, but, but don't hit me with that. You're really pretty today. That skirt is not the prettiest skirt you own, but you're a beautiful person because that's a waste of time. I hate the sandwich method. I'm sorry. That's a tangent. I'm sorry. With that being said, when I be like, yo, that's ugly, that didn't work either. No, because that's rude. See what I'm saying? That's rude. It's, and so it's rude to her. I'm worried about raising children because we gonna have we we gonna raise them my way. We th- we not gonna have little kids running around talking about you ugly. No. I'm probably gonna send them to my parents for the summertime. They're gonna come back. Right. Nah, mama, I told her. You know, I told her we know. wasn't doing that, mama. <laughs> With that being, look at it. Hot. No, because, you know, I think it's kind of the treat. There's there's something that always comes to mind that, frankly, I don't think Acadius was raised 
on, you know, <laughs> and I don't know if it's like treat others the way you'd like to be treated. I can't, or um, it's something about what, what you say. Like, you know, it, it's just how you speak to people says something. So be, be kind, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to lie. I'm not a proponent of not telling the truth, but be thoughtful because somebody's feelings are behind that. And, you know, tell them that that skirt isn't the best thing they have in that their closet and you'd recommend they change. But don't tell them that's ugly. And then like you turn away like, okay, next. Like, no, no, I'm sorry. No, actually, I'm not sorry. But you know what's funny about that is that we've observed that, I mean, he's Philly and I'm Texas. So I'm always saying that it's, it's really my southernness, my yeah. that I'm so polite and that that's important to me. But you're from Dallas. Yeah, but see, I'm from South Oak Cliff, though. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm Texas and I'm Southern and I'm polite, but I grew up, like I said, like my stepdad. Right. My stepdad is from New Orleans. My mom is from South Oak Cliff, too. So in our house, it's not a lot of it's. I didn't grow up in like one of those lovey, dovey, huggy houses. My parents love each other to death, but she's interacted with them. Like, they'll, yeah, you look like this, too. I mean, it's hilarious, but I don't want him talking to me that way. Exactly. And so what I was was trying to explain to her is that, like, I grew up like that, and my parents love each other to death, but they communicate very differently, and it's a very candid communication, and that's how they communicate with me. My mom, like, my picture that's in my my engagement photo, my mom was like, oh, look at Tamara. She looks pretty. And she's like, where do you get that shirt from? Walmart? And I was like, well, actually, I did. You know, and the thing about it, my mom was like, oh, I hope she didn't hurt your feelings. I was like, she didn't hurt my feelings. And uh, and I told her, you didn't like my Walmart shirt, you just bought me a shirt. But again, that's how we communicate. With that being said, that type of communication does not necessarily go over well in this household. No, it doesn't. Unless I'm talking to Jackson. Right. So. He can talk to Jackson that way. And I too talked to Jackson that way, and he responds. Because he's a dog. The dog. Yes. Okay. Yes. The dog listens. The dog is with me. He's from the hood. He knows. But uh, with that being said, that's an active part of, you know, our marriage and our communication style. And I and I try to work on it. But it's one thing. It's one thing you, you've done something so naturally and you've seen it work with your parents and things like that. They're completely different but people they're than completely we different people. But again, you are, you know, with that being said, she communicates and does things similar to the way her mom and her parents do things, which is completely bizarre to me. While, you know, I may sit over here like, oh, I'm working on this thing too. The way she communicates, hate it. Absolutely hate it. I feel like she's like, she, I, don't, I think she could be more direct. She'll, hey, so what you got planned today? And that really means, hey, I need you to get up and do X, Y, Z. And she'd be like, say, babe, what do you have planned today? I'm like, nothing. I have nothing planned. Matter of fact, I don't want no plans. Whereas, I'm, and, I, and I'll start, she'd be like, what do you have planned today? I'd be like, what do you mean? Well, when I tell you, hey, baby, could you sweep the floor? Could you help me with this? Could you take out the trash? Um, I'm going to have to do that on my own time frame. Well, that does nothing for me. With that being said, it's all about communication style. I mean, you might should have wrote it down and slid but it when, under the But door. when I do write it down, the result is the same. You still don't do it. Listen, with that being said, it's all about communication. Effective communication. See, clearly it's not. Maybe we have How not, do we drive action? Maybe we have not found the proper type of communication that No, we have. Us. You tell me what you want and I try and do it. And then you still don't respond. But that's why we are happy. <laughs> oh, I feel like it's just like an illusion. Okay. I absolutely, like, there's plenty of stuff he does that gets on my nerves like 20,000 times a day, right? But I'm only going to pick it like 5,000 of those 20,000 to, to vocalize and verbalize. I'm going to just eat the, the other 15 because I don't have time to be mad at him all the time, right? So, and I don't want that. You know, he is his own person and he's going to do him and he's going to be him. And so, and if he weren't that person, I probably wouldn't love him the way that I do. So I yeah, really... baby, you love me, freak. So I um, pick my battles and I do think that's helped. And, and a lot of times, like, as I'm picking my battles in my head, I'm like, damn, if he only knew that I'm not saying anything, I wish I could give some credit for the fact that I'm just being silent as he does xyz i wish i could get like points for that because i do that a lot and i'm sure he may not feel that but i really do so um pick your battles i definitely believe that in order to have a successful marriage you have to do that regardless of what it is well like you hear her talk over here i get points for this 
I'm thinking to myself, shit, did you know how many points I should get? But you know what? Again, like I said, as the man, I can sit here and not have to say, well, you should me, get points, and I'm yeah, sure you do that. See, and you see, like I get getting cut off. I he I never that. I never cut her off. Have you noticed I don't cut her off? But the thing for the last 11 years, I could be three sentences in. She's fighting it right now not to say anything because, again, she still has not learned how not to cut me off. And this is killing her right now. Yeah, because let me tell you, this is why I'm a proponent of hanging out with other couples. So we there's another couple that's local that uh, went to you Howard. How, that's I had exactly. But you see, exactly. As I was saying to you earlier, wait, wait, as, I, I was, that's why I go to this Bible study, because <laughs> tomorrow I could be like, I was actually talking about how you cut me off and then you cut me off and was like, yeah, I do. Because you said you're waiting for me to jump in. And I waited for the pause. You can't pause. Thank, thank you, Cody. I'm sure I did. Like, I am a cutter offer. Okay? Like, now, it's like double dutch. You know what I'm saying? I'm waiting for that pause. I know that he doesn't like it, and I do try. He doesn't think I try, but I try. What, 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 what the white lady said, Counselor? Let's own it. He hates it. She said, "Let's own it." He hates That's it. It's been a long time ago. But um, like I was saying, I think you should hang out with other married couples because you can see something that you think my husband is the only fool on this world that does this, and then you hang out with some other people and you're like, "You did the same thing." So to that point, we were out with this couple, right? And they're, you know, he's talking and like immediately she's jumped in and cut him off and then like cats him like, you done, you know, and keeps talking. Like the whole night, it was a series of he starts talking, she jumps in and like she basically is like, you know, curtain on you, you know? So I was like, see, you're not the only one, you know, not excusing it, but I'm just saying sometimes I think feeling like you're the only one that's experiencing something in your marriage makes you feel like, man, this is messed up. Like, maybe that. this isn't the right thing. You know, and you notice that it wasn't like, see, you're you're not the only one who gets cut off. Not like, oh, wow, I hope I'm not cutting him off like she's doing, because that seems... Because I knew I wasn't as bad as that. I knew I wasn't. And we talked about it in the car. So I know, he he affirmed that I was not as bad as she is. affirmation is the worst thing. Shouldn't have affirmed, I should just been quiet. And then I <laughs> well, bad about it. I would have still known I wasn't as bad as she was. But, you know, it might not bother him. I don't know. Him being the other husband. And thus, we go back to the whole, the Bible study thing has been really good because it said, you know what? Yeah, she cuts you off and yeah, you hate it, but are you, you love me. Oh, favorite thing about being married to Tam. Consistency, for the most part. I mean, and about, I say that meaning that whatever this is, it's pretty much been the same thing for the last 11 years, you know? That there's not a whole lot of surprises for the most part. No, well, there are some surprises like that timeshare that you bought. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was about. an accident. Yeah, but with that being said, for the most part, Tamara is Tamara. At the end of the day, I kind of think I understand how she ticks and how she thinks for the most part. So, I, I and I'm one person that I really appreciated some consistency in just a relationship. Um, other than that, Tamara, I like about Tamara, for the, for the most part, Tamara loves me for me, and I can be at least 80% of who I really am. And even if she's not okay with it, she goes along with it. And that's important. You can be with somebody who's going to accept you for you and not always trying to change you. And once she realizes, you know, there's only so much you can change, she's like, all right, I'm with it. So I think that's it. He's a lot of fun. He's fun to be around. He's entertaining. So... He can carry, he can lift my spirits if we're interacting and out with other people. He can add the spice that's needed to like make something entertaining and enjoyable. And more than anything, even if it involves him being crazy as hell, he has got my back. He does not care. He, he'll he hear a part of a story and be like, oh, we don't like that person. We going to find them. Don't let me see them. You know? So, don't mess with my baby. Yeah. Don't mess with me because he's crazy. I think that knowing that somebody is gonna hands down, no matter what, have your back definitely is one of the favorite things in addition to you know, him just being fun to be around. Also, Tamara exposes me to things. Not, I don't say exposes me. It's not like I haven't been exposed to them, but Tamara makes me engage to things that I've been exposed to, but maybe not try to gravitate like, hey, babe, you know you like the symphony, which I do. So we're gonna go. 
we're going to go regularly. And we do, you know, or, you know, make me go to dinner parties and group outings and all these other things that being from Oak Cliff, I ain't going over there. I don't want to go hang out and do that. Tamara makes me do things and I always end up enjoying it. Yeah. So she's right in that fact. Because I'm, I'm real like, nah, we can just stay here. Tell them to come over here. Nah, we got food. We got drink. We need to go over here. All right, we'll go. So I think it's good. She, she helps me get outside of my comfort zone. And I enjoy that. But I think taking him outside of his comfort zone is easier because I can always fall back on that he'll be entertaining and funny if we're in a place that's kind of dead. I'm like, oh, and, and you're on, babe. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't embarrass her too much around like her coworkers and peers. That actually, that's not quite true. Just the one but, time. The but one time. My, the reason that's not true is because, well, my tolerance when we first started dating was like this much. You know, just like we were talking about over time. You know, things are not. Yeah, you gonna build tolerance hanging around this man. So, you know, this was the beginning. Now I'm definitely probably here. You know, so by the time that we have some children and I have like more gray hair, nothing will probably bother me. I mean, the Katie's Bear, it is an experience. And you know, we, you in it to win it. Right. <laughs>